When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that is basically a remake of itself every week. So what's the big deal, actually? It's Sif Pop. Welcome to Sif Pop Weekly, streaming live most Fridays are available to download later in your podcast feed, unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks. Patrons get those perks. Let's get it popping. I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and he has an unmitigated wrath for coconuts. It's Andrew Ormsby, ladies and gentlemen. It's true. Ahoy! Each week we'll chat about movies, TV, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. And please welcome our first guest this week. He doesn't rise to the occasion. He sinks to the level of his training. It's Jonathan Watkins, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Hello. That was, that was eerily accurate. <laughs> <laughs> and give even more love to our second guest this week. He tries not to walk. He tries not to run. He tries not to stay all day out in the sun. It's Ian Whittington, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. He, he mostly succeeds at all of those things. Uh, yeah, we got a, a fearsome foursome this week. And I will tell you right off the bat, the reason for that is uh, three of the four of us are celebrating our birthday today. Uh, yeah. Andrew is the odd man out, but you may not have known this, but uh, myself and two of our Sif Pop guests, occasional guests, all have the exact same birthday. Mm-hmm. And it just happened to be our recording day, uh, May 26th this uh, this week. So I thought, you know, it might be fun to do a birthday show. And, you know, there's usually something big that comes out around Memorial Day weekend mm-hmm. anyway, which is about when our birthday usually falls um, so we may make this kind of like an annual fun birthday show kind of thing if you guys are up for it. To be um, decided. Let's see how this goes. <laughs> I'm not willing to commit. <laughs> Thanks, Ian. Thanks, uh, I appreciate your commitment. Happy uh, birthday, <laughs> Mr. Sift President. Very nice. Press Siftent? Press Siftent, yeah. Maybe? I don't know. Uh, so, yeah, so it's our birthday this week. In honor of that, our best ever challenge will be best ever movies that came out around our birthday. <laughs> like, within 24 hours, Close either enough. way. Uh, so, yeah, May 25th, 26th, and 27th uh, for those release dates. And uh, we will do that. Uh, and then for our movies uh, today, we have two movies that are both right around... You know, 20, no, 30 years old. Yep. And uh, just decided to make a new version of them, you know, because that's all we do these days. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was going to say they were from the same decade, but they're not because Little Mermaid was 89. And I think Mm -hmm. White Men Can't Jump was like 92. That sounds right. 93. Correct. 92. So, uh, so yeah, it's, it's wild how everything old is not actually new again uh so we're gonna get into uh those reviews as well as uh have some fun with some other stuff along the way including our buried treasure and i have an announcement at the end uh that i want to get to as well uh so stay tuned for that that's what's known in the biz as a tease 
We finally are going to get to elect a new president of of Sifton. Presifton. Presifton. This one's getting popped. Uh, All right, let's get into it, guys. Let's kick it off by reviewing uh, the 2023 version of The Little Mermaid. You broke the rules. You went to the above world. A man was drowning. I had to save him. This obsession with humans has to stop. I just want to know more about them. I can help you. You can't live in that world unless you become a human yourself. Is that even possible? (laughs) It's what I live for. The youngest of King Triton's daughters and the most defiant, Ariel. Why am I even saying this? We all know what the Little Mermaid is. Uh, <laughs> Ariel. Ariel. Uh, yeah, the Little Mermaid is back. Disney is doing its thing. This and- time, it's aquatic. <laughs> Dude, I was going to say, that would have been better. Like a... <laughs> Yeah, like a gritty, gritty reboot or yeah. something like that. Make the actual uh, brothers grim version of the story. The, the Hans Christian Andersen version. That's what we want. Oh, that's yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's back, and um, we're dealing with uh, a different, a different group of people. Uh, it is live action uh, as opposed to animated. Although plenty of it is also still animated. Um, I think David Diggs is uh, the voice of Sebastian, which I uh, is indeed interesting and cool. Uh, Holly Bailey, not Holly Berry, uh, is the Little Mermaid, and uh, several other people. I think Melissa uh, McCarthy is uh, Ursula. So, what did you guys think? Oh, and Rob Marshall, by the way, uh, directing this, um, uh, and Javier Bardem. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> we'll get there. I. You know, I just listen. I just wanted a dub over uh, Mm -hmm. No Country for Old Men uh, quotes all over his performance in here. Uh, All right, let's get into it. Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? Uh, Jonathan, kick us off. Um, I'm just going to go with didn't like it. All right, didn't like it from Jonathan. Andrew, what about you? High side liked it. High side liked it. Very nice. Ian. You're going to love it compared to us then. (laughs) Um, It's okay. Just okay. I'm on the high side of okay. Um, I I do think there's there's enough here that kind of tips me over to the high side of okay. But Andrew, it's your favorite movie of the year, so you get to go (laughs) first. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, tell us about some of the things that uh, make you say you like this movie. It's beautiful. And you said this high is side a, of liked it, not just like yeah. it. High side of liked no, it. No, high side yeah. liked it, yeah. 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 I, I mean, this is a gorgeous movie. There are some sequences that are under the water that are just breathtaking. Um, there's like a... I just think of moments like whenever King Triton has like this cape of like a shimmer fish, you mm-hmm. know, like following him and it's just... Yeah, that was very it's cool. Just, mm-hmm. It's stuff like that is just... Man, that's a, it's just a cool movie to look at. So... And I think another thing that actually makes me like this movie, considering most people know how infamously I despise live-action remakes of yeah. Disney movies, is because that I think that this one actually had... It did something different than the first one. And I think that what I think this one did differently is it 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 leaned more towards there being a purpose, like this kind of animosity between the surface dwellers and the fish and the people of the sea, you know, mm-hmm. and it at least made it a two-sided theme, right? Yeah, like there was exactly. A, yeah, it kind of it kind of gave us it rounded out the the 
the landlubber side of the equation a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Because if you remember from the first Little Mermaid, it's just King Triton and the merfolk who are right. they really the against people. Yeah. of people. But I don't think even in that version, I don't think the humans even know that mer like mermaids and stuff are real. I don't but think we spend enough it, time with them to really find yeah, out the, anything. The land people in the first one are not the point. They mm, are completely... Yeah. Even Eric yes. is completely secondary <laughs> in that first movie. Like, it's... I mean, he's he is just an object of, uh, you know, flirtation in that movie. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, so that that's expanded a little bit. Yeah. So, I like I like how they, they, they really fleshed out the, uh, the human characters. Nice. Nice. So. Uh, anybody else who wants to jump in? Tell us some of their uh, other thoughts on the movie. Well, I just I feel mean now since Andrew liked it so much. Uh, I, didn't, I mean, I didn't, I didn't hate it. It was just one of those things where I'm just watching it. I just I'm like I don't know who this movie's for. Um, uh, I just I, I just don't, I mean I know why they're doing these things because they keep making money. But I just still like as me as someone I love the original, um, and that doesn't mean you can't make a, a good remake of it. I think you can. There's been a few of these that I've enjoyed. Uh, I don't think I've really highly liked any of them, but I've I've enjoyed some more than others. This one was kind of in the middle for me. Um, I was I don't know. I actually the underwater stuff I didn't think looked great. Um, I thought it was about on the same level as like Aquaman. I I just the the flowing hair and stuff for some reason that always like makes it look weird to me. You know what it is um, for me with that? I, I was thinking about this. I think it's the cognitive dissonance of the body maybe. acting like it's underwater, but they're just speaking clearly. Yeah. I know yeah. how, how humans speak on land, and mm. I know what happens when humans try to speak underwater. I've been underwater. <laughs> I understand how it works. So it's so there's a little cognitive dissonance there to see like the hair floating around like mm-hmm. it's in water, and then they're just talking. That's a little weird. Can you imagine if Christopher Nolan directed people talking underwater? <laughs> oh, my <laughs> goodness. <laughs> just put the we camera were, there we on we the were, outside of the tank. Yeah, Bane would be speaking like perfect English in comparison. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I don't. I was also confused. Uh, okay, so and this could have just been my screening. Um, it was very dark. Um, a lot of the underwater stuff. It was oh, especially like the Ursula scene. Ursula stuff end, was which, dark. I could barely even tell what was going on. I think I part think of that, that was too purposeful. is yeah. I, I <laughs> yeah, they didn't, they didn't want to show the ship. They did not. Well, they didn't want to show giant Ursula. They they. I don't. I think they knew they didn't have. Oh, okay. Yeah. The, the, the model down uh, mm-hmm. the way it I was to thinking be. they didn't want to show the ship. You know, piercing into her, which I thought was weird because they did that in the animated one, mm-hmm. which was G. You know, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know. That was interesting. Melissa McCarthy. The acting's fine. Uh, Melissa McCarthy's is is different here, which I enjoyed. I love um, her in this. Yeah, yeah. Holly Bailey, very nice, has a wonderful singing voice. Oh my goodness! Uh, the guy yeah, who played was... Eric, eh, you know, could have maybe. <laughs> yeah, I, I still yeah. don't understand why the why our resident understudy didn't get the call to uh, to fulfill that role. Sorry, <laughs> oh, Phil. Yeah, you'll always, always be my Prince Eric. Yeah, Javier Bardem's fine. I mean, he's always good. He's he's fine. I don't know. I just I just uh, most of it for me was just I just. I've seen this movie before and I just, there wasn't anything in there that was making it different enough for me to like appreciate it on any other level. I think it's a perfectly fine looking, uh, retelling. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it in that sense. So maybe it is okay, but like, I just, there wasn't a whole lot there for me. If you're, if you're a huge fan of the original, I don't know why this one's gonna, uh, be different for you, but I don't know. Maybe it is for some people. Um, the other thing got, I started really getting confused about though, was they, they seem to be making a point about, 
the underwater people not liking the humans because, you know, they just like they kill them and eat them and all that kind of stuff like the fish and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. But like there's that scene where the sto- the stork who's their friend mm-hmm. goes in the water <laughs> and eats a fish right by them. <laughs> and then they just go up and start talking yeah, to her like it's, it's no cool. big deal. It's just like, yeah, hey, just just and just swallow good. my brother whole. And the mermaids and the mermen, I mean, Javier Bardem, like, picks a shrimp that's trying to get by him and just eats it. I, I don't know. That, that was something, like, I guess I didn't think about stuff like that in the animated version. I don't know why. <laughs> but, like, in this one, it just stood out to me more, maybe because I felt like they were preaching a little more in this one, you know, about how we destroy the waters and oceans and we pollute them. And I, I think it. Know. Yeah. The, uh, another thing I kind of didn't get is, like, if they're mad about shipwrecks, and they control the the weathers like the seas. Why are you making so many shipwrecks? You know. Well, I I, I think part of that might have been the the because the humans say the people under the sea keep deliberately wrecking our ships. So I think there's a misnomer on mm. both sides because I yeah. think that's that uh. was the that was the only different thing I liked about the movie that it, it brought a bit more of a balance to that argument and why they were butting heads. Um, the yeah. rest of the movie, I loved it when I watched it in 1989, <laughs> but I, I, there wasn't quite enough for you were born. I think, yes. I, <laughs> there wasn't, I think one good example for me was the under the sea number. That is the under the sea number is one of my all time favorite Disney numbers. That might even be my favorite Disney number, the way it's done in the animated film. And yeah. in this film, even though they could have done whatever they wanted, it seemed really flat and like there just wasn't a lot of like like life to it compared to what they did in the animated film, which had to be hand drawn and was obviously more pain more painstaking of a process. And so I think it was just stuff like that that there was a like it just I don't know, it just seemed to be like going through the motions. I but mean, obviously, it, Andrew saw it differently, which is awesome. No, no, no. I think I had That was the, how I felt. I, I do... I, oh, go ahead, Aaron. Sorry. I had the exact same experience uh, during Just Can't Wait to Be King and The Lion King. And I think it's, yeah. it's that exact same thing of... Uh, you're making the worst version of your story. Like you are, you are limiting yourself by making this live action because you're not only limiting expression and the ability, you know, the abilities that anim- animation has to go bigger, but you're also limiting the movie's ability to play in unrealistic waters, right? Literally, like mm-hmm. you're you're limiting the uh, ability of the movie to have other fish playing marambas and mm-hmm. you know turtles doing whatever because you're trying to make it photorealistic and it's a bridge too far for suspension of disbelief to you know kind of go there yeah. um and so you're just like okay we're good with flounder we're good with scuttle we're you know we're good with the, the but even the eels don't talk in this one no right uh so we're, oh, good, with, we're good with flounder we're good with scuttle um and uh and we're good with sebastian and yeah. other than that, it's all going to just be, you know, like it, so like she. it was. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I totally get all of that. Uh, and we we have to mention that this is the state of the art uh, island that these humans live on that has futuristic technology like steel pan drums and modern trumpets, <laughs> you know, <laughs> in this in this what is a 1700s era or 1800s you know yeah. i would think yeah yeah i mean so. it's it's the kind of the the uh <laughs> or it's the village 
It's like <laughs> yeah, they all just kind of. Or it's the village. The village. They still travel by <laughs> by sail. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ian, did you have any uh, further thoughts? I don't think you've really kind of given your full general thoughts. Uh, yeah, I think Jonathan's kind of nailed the word for me, and it was flat. Everything felt flat. The there were a few really gorgeous moments under the sea. But most of it felt very dark to me, very flat, very muted. I think a lot of the songs were very muted other than what um, uh, Halle Bailey um, sang. She was incredible. Mm-hmm. Melissa McCarthy's rendition was uh, incredible as well. She's actually my favorite part of the movie until they yeah. turn her into one of the statues from Eternals. Um, but she's <laughs> she was incredible and just... This is a Melissa McCarthy that I want to see. I'm really fed yeah. up of the, isn't she an unlikely hero, Melissa McCarthy in a movie thing. The, she was just like lapping up the the evilness, mm-hmm. the, the mustache twirliness. Um, I completely dug it. Pretty much every other performance felt like a pantomime to me. It felt like it was a mm. bad Broadway or off-Broadway show. Everything just, it didn't feel like we were in a movie. It felt like I was watching this on stage which is great but i'm not i haven't got the atmosphere of being of it being on stage i'm watching it on a screen so i'm i just feel like i wasn't i wasn't in on the atmosphere and javier bardem looks confused like he looks right? like he's like i was what, this what was going to be about? one of my first points I, you guys have talked about him being fine i thought he was terribly cast in this movie yeah i totally I, agree i didn't i didn't buy into I was trying to be bardem nice. as king triton for a second in this no. movie so um so lost a, there's an SNL sketch where they were doing like the Star Wars auditions, and there's like one of them's Alan Alda, and he's like, "What? What, what is this? What is this? What's a Wookiee?" Oh, Bill Hader's that's, Alan Alda. That's, yeah, yeah. And that's what I felt like Javier Bardem must have been asking the whole time. Like, what, what am I holding? What is this? What, what is, is this? Triangle? What am I holding? What, what he's holding what is, is probably the biggest paycheck of anybody in that movie. <laughs> is what I think he's holding. Um, the middle third in particular just felt like a meandering. Um, what's the thing? It's got the lazy rivers. It, it was just a lovesick, lazy river that did not work for me. And then we're back to a musical number, which, guess what? I loved in 1989 when the person who wrote it wrote it back then as well, because it's still great. Um, the addition by Lin-Manuel Miranda was, of course, incredible. I was like, where has this song and this rap come from? It belongs in a different movie because it's incredible. And then the credits rolled and it was like... Was that the Scuttlebutt the song? Scuttlebutt yeah, song. the Scuttlebutt song. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I thought that was new. Scuttlebutt is and like one of my favorite like, yeah, things. Of course it was. I love Scuttlebutt. Yeah, it was, it was so, so good. That I guarantee you that it was an earworm. I've just been in my head and going, Scuttlebutt, Scuttlebutt. <laughs> yeah. But it's I guarantee so, so you that is going to be a song in about a week and a half that everybody in the world hates. <laughs> because it's just just because it's everywhere it's gonna flood the know. market I and i don't necessarily see it going kind of the let it go uh kind of model like that i don't know oh, really? that it's that big plus there were two other new songs like it there were three new songs mm-hmm. uh in this the prince eric song was so i thought it was okay I liked, I, I liked the lyricism of it i liked the way it was re- the things like the lyrics were really interesting to it i i liked that and it added some to the theme um and he was it, fine I just think it comes back to, and I'll, I'll, I'll say a few other things. I, I think it does come back to a lot of what we're talking about is the human performances in this movie are just so just I there. There's just such a lack of life to them in mm-hmm. my other than the two versions of Ursula. 
Yes, both versions correct. of Ursula were great. They were in loved, the right movie. Loved them both. Every other human performance, I just felt was just really, really lifeless. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really rough for me. Now, I enjoyed the vocal performances. I enjoyed David Diggs. I really like Aquafina as Scuttle. I thought that was mm-hmm. inspired casting. Mm-hmm. I thought she's great um, and, and was perfect for that. And actually, uh, Jacob Tremblay was great as Flounder, too. That was a really nice yeah. voice performance. Oh, yeah, yeah, I had no idea it <laughs> Oh, man. That scene with the shark, I hated so much. Mm-hmm. Just, I have a silicophobia, so sharks. And I totally forgot i don't know why it wasn't until that scene started that i'm like oh wait this is underwater and there are sharks and i'm scared <laughs> to death of sharks why am i here no i am too i am too because like animated sharks even scare me it's like crazy yeah. like, i was like oh yeah yeah um so so yeah so i just i just thought there was such little life to the human performances and because we're trying to make it realistic and be in this human world i just i just did not think it was able to capture the magic in the same way as the original. And I also don't think it updated the story enough for nope. me. Yes, there's a little mm-hmm. bit of balance between, you know, the, the the dry and the wet, you know, like the water world, uh, not the movie, uh, and the dry <laughs> land. But overall, we are hitting the exact same beats of Ariel's tale, except for one exception at the end, which I don't understand how it, really changes any i think it's supposed to add to her agency but i don't think it does that i think it's actually a weird decision because it 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 puts her in a a um trying to think how not to spoil this it puts her in an emotional state that the movie has not uh said that she is looking to be in in Mm -hmm. this movie uh at all and i think i think there is a uh a i was I was crossing my fingers that they would change the story up a little bit and really play off of the idea of what it means to be a woman who loses who they are because of a man, you know, kind of idea. And the idea that maybe the Ursula character and the Ariel character are kind of parallel lives that split somewhere, right? And that Ursula is the way she is because she was bitter about giving up herself, you know, Mm. for uh, a man and, really just doesn't want Ariel to make the same mistakes, but she's, you know what I mean? Like there's yeah. a, there's a really interesting version in there somewhere, but it just decided to do the same movie again. And you know, it, I get it. I think it put a lot of that effort into mirroring Ariel and Eric's background right. and how they both have these right. oppressive parents. With tre- they both have treasure they, rooms. Yeah, and, they're both yeah. in worlds that they don't necessarily want to be yeah. in. Um, but that's Eric's just not a big enough change fi- for me. Sorry. No, go on. Eric's obsession with finding Ariel though, in a live action format became off <laughs> yeah came off kind of creepy it was like, creepy uh, in the original too <laughs> it, i guess it is i haven't They're seen the original both no, it is. creepy yeah. The, the, yeah the immediacy of the, their attraction to each other uh, is more Should than attraction to marriage <laughs> yeah. in I also, a week yeah well in in, in <laughs> fairness i think it doesn't here but uh, but yeah also, when she turns into a mermaid in front of everybody, not one person like runs away. Like everybody's just <laughs> looking at her. Eric's mom's even like, "That's weird. She's a sea creature." Huh? She's a sea creature. <laughs> um. So yeah. So I feel like there's just there's not enough really to. I, there's more here than there was in Lion King. Mm-hmm. I will say that Lion King is, I think, the primo example of. Don't change a thing. Just try to make it live action. Um, you know, it's worse than Dumbo. 
What's that? Is Lion King worse than Dumbo? I haven't seen Lion King, but Dumbo was terrible. No, Dumbo was Dumbo's terrible. The worst. I, Dumbo, I think, is is the worst of. Okay. Well, Peter Peter Pan and Wendy is pretty bad too. But oh, I um, haven't watched that. But yeah. Dumbo is is bad in like movie ways, whereas mm-hmm. I just mean the Lion King is just so much the same movie there there are a couple changes but they don't mean anything i think well, there there's f- no real people in it right it's it's all cg that as well that as well yeah. um and there are a few more changes here but it's not it's not enough for me um but i still i still there's enough here like the songs are they're just they're great songs and they're sung very well and i did like some of the note progression changes on uh some of the moments in songs it's hard to do a cover of your own song and uh, and change it in any way that makes it better, but I think there are a couple of uh, good choices in that regard here. So there's enough that that I would be on the high side of okay, but I just I can't in I cannot say that I liked this movie because mm-hmm. I didn't. Mm-hmm. I liked how uh, you guys were. I guess something that you didn't like is something that I did like, and it's how they mirrored uh, Ariel and Eric's stories. Uh, I, I found that it made their romance that much more believable than the original one where they just see each other. Like this one, you can see that they have shared, you know, uh, like like hobbies and stuff. Like he's mm-hmm. showing her around his, you know, his treasure room and stuff. And the fact that they, they're both driven by this desire to experience new. And that's what I love most in this movie is... Eric's, uh, uh, if he's going to be king, he wants he doesn't want to be a king who who secludes himself. He wants to be a king who's open to the world, who who doesn't want to mm-hmm. uh, deny his people uh, the experiences of the world. And I think that Ariel wants the exact same thing for the Merfolk. So yeah, I think that it works a lot better in this one than it did in the original. Um, as for the songs, yeah, I think besides poor unfortunate. Sorry, Poor Unfortunate Soul. I think that all the songs in the animated version were better. But I do think that this version of Poor Unfortunate Soul with Melissa McCarthy was better than the original mm-hmm. one. Yeah. I think Part of Your World is much better in this one. I, I think part of the, the, the Holly Bailey version of, of uh, Part of Your World is mind-blowing. I think she just... And that's nothing against Jody Benson, because she kills it in those songs as mm-hmm. well. But this, it's yeah. just... It's so much fuller, and uh, there's there's more interesting things happening. Um, yeah, I, I, I really did enjoy the music. It may have been my favorite part, actually, uh, is the is hearing the the new, the music kind of reinterpreted and in a theater. Mm. And yeah, I'm always gonna dig that kind of stuff. Uh, any final thoughts? No post credit scenes. Uh huh. Jonathan and Ian, any final thoughts? No. No agency for Ariel. <laughs> Still. <laughs> Uh, Jonathan, I think if you, I think if you really want to see it, though, I think you're going to have a decent enough time with it. Like, I don't, I don't think you're going to regret going to see it or anything. No, I think like your kids that. will enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's fine. I just wish it was. Listen, better, if I can sit here and say, you know, uh, Super Mario Brothers movie is worth seeing with your kids, I can sit here and say oh, the I Little Mermaid is. Wish worth I'd be on the show for that one. <laughs> we're seeing with your kids. Um, stupid, dumb, stupid money. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think my one last thing. Hmm, I think there was there was a, there was a great change in one of the songs that that uh, that <laughs> yeah, I uh-huh. I really really appreciated. Um, they finally uh, fixed a a very problematic line in "Kiss the Girl," uh, which I thought was good. 
Um, and but they still kept downwards wetter. They still kept that. So. <laughs> yeah, yes, they did. Yes, absolutely. I feel they like did. such a I feel like such a kid when I hear that because I'm just like. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so there, there, there were some highlights there, but, um, but yeah, was there, there was fine. no penis castle on this, right? No, no penis they did castle. a good job. Yeah. The yeah. castles were a little less phallic. Um, so yeah, it was, I mean, I hope they were a little less phallic that they, they've been, uh, yeah, <laughs> very bad news. Uh, if I were to hear that they overcorrected, then <laughs> I need to go talk to a physician. Well, that made them too yonic. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, there you go. That's The Little Mermaid. We will move on uh, to our next review. Uh, this time, we're going to do a movie that remakes a movie from about 30 years ago. Uh, in this Wait, case, <laughs> uh, we're going to talk a little bit about White Men Can't Jump 2023. Hey, they're letting yoga instructors in the gym now. Ball. I just noticed you're not getting enough legs on a new shot. Are you dehydrated? 100 bucks, you can't make more shots. Let's just do 300. It's not my dad's money. We ain't never gonna get a reparation that way, bro. So I prefer Venmo or Zelle, but you seem like a cash app guy, so. Seemingly opposite street hoopers, Jeremy, an injury-prone former star, and Kamal, a has-been prodigy, team up to take one final shot at living out their dreams. Uh, this is, of course, the uh, a remake of the Wesley Snipes and um, uh, Hamish uh, version from uh, 1992. Uh, Woody Harrelson, that's his name. Uh, what did you guys? I guess I'm going to ask this before I we Hamish. talk about like it, uh, like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay. <laughs> Who has seen the original White Man Can't Jump the most recently? Um, uh, it's it's probably been. Oh, I, I probably have seen tw- it the most recently. Uh, Twenty years. Three days ago. No. Okay. Oh no, it's you then. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I did. I did rewatch it because it had been like two or three years since I'd seen it. Yeah. I, I, I see. I watch. I do watch this movie all the time. I love it. The original. Oh, one. great. Well, this. Well, good. I'll probably start with you then. So, uh, what do you think? Did you like it? Love it? Dislike it? Hate it? Or it was just okay, Andrew? Low side of okay. Low side of okay. Ian. I am not qualified in any sense. I have not seen the original. (laughs) I have not watched any basketball. I am a white man that can jump. Um, However, I'm the high side of liked it. Okay. High side of liked it. Uh, Jonathan. Man, I'm just mean today. Um, It's too harmless to hate, but I'm on the low side of didn't like it. Low side of didn't Oof. like it. Uh, Aaron? I am hovering between high side of okay and low side of liked it. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm, glad. Go- I'm going to say low side of liked it, uh, I think is where I'm going to land on this one. I should mention, I guess, possibly, uh, critics are tearing this movie apart. I think it has like a 20% on Rotten Tomatoes or something like that. Not that bad. Um, so, uh, so yeah, let's talk a little bit more about it. Uh, Ian, since <coughs> it's your favorite movie of the year, why don't you, uh, why don't you kick us off? I don't know, man. Maybe it was coming off the back of The Little Mermaid because this was our <laughs> double feature, but it, it <laughs> made, it made me laugh. Um, I had no basis of comparison against the original, which is a thing that can happen as we've seen um, with The Little Mermaid. So I was just along for the ride. Um, I think they have great chemistry. 
Um, it, all of it felt authentic, um, which is hard because this isn't a part of the world that I know much about. I don't know much about basketball. I know less about the world of street basketball. Um, but everything looked authentic. Nothing felt like a, a setup or a gimme, really. Um, I always struggle with sports ball movies because I th- I said this to you in the moment, Aaron, mm-hmm. when they were doing the setup for the big competition at the end, I'm like, well, does it matter if they win or not? Should I be? I feel like I should be rooting for them, but I don't care because I know we're getting a movie anyway and that's not the moral of the story so i get i struggle to get invested in sports movies in general because i don't i don't really care if they win or lose because something obviously something's going to be learned from the journey so can i can i dig in on that a little bit is is that because sports for you don't hold meaning so a win or a loss it it doesn't matter whether you win or lose like whereas like when it's the a band of rebels trying to take down the death star (laughs) Like winning means something because you can no put yourself over over it, in that position. It's, it's not that because I get it. I get how invested people get. You're in a competitive sports. person. I know. For I'm a very fact competitive. You're a competitive person. So I so, get yeah. it. I get the investment. He's but the most competitive rit- person at Cinema Sense. <laughs> probably by a by a fair margin. Uh, I love that. But, very nicely done. But <laughs> I um I I know this is written. <laughs> So I know somebody has decided the outcome of, unless it's based on a true story or whatever, I know someone's artificially decided who the winner is going to be. So with sports, there is an unknown. There is anybody could come and do it. Mm -hmm. But this, the ending is written, which I know doesn't matter, but it takes away some of my enjoyment because it's already been decided. So you so weird that you don't like sports then because in sports you don't know so I would think you yeah, would no you I would, love sports I just oh okay don't I think Aaron, I think what he's saying is you have a you he's saying that he has a pretty good idea of who's going to win at the end of the movie so the actual basketball portion of the movie he doesn't feel as invested in is that right it, Ian it's more it's more than that even if I don't know who's going to win I don't care because someone else wrote it. So someone else is so it's not based on anybody's skill. Oh. It's been written by a person that's just decided they're going to win. But you know that logic could apply to every single movie. I was going right? to say every like, single movie is written by a person. <laughs> like you but it's know it different, doesn't. But like, unless it's an autobiography, Skywalker, because you know that somebody. I wrote don't the know ending. that he's going to win. I don't. But you just said it didn't matter. No, okay, if you know okay, if okay, okay. Wait, 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 wait. Straw man arguments flying around. <laughs> sport. The whole point of sports is that it's. Not fixed and that is not, not decided. That we is are- not the whole point of sports. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> that is not Shut the up. whole point of sports. You're asking it, the wrong person. It does person. get fixed occasionally, too. I know it does. So we're clear. I know, which is ironic considering it's unfixing it. But anyway, uh-huh. um, uh, it, it's the, the whole point is that there's this mystery to it. And when you write who's going to win, it's now not about anything to do with the sport. It's just, I guess this person wins. So it's more about the story. So I, Whereas the I, point of Star Wars is obviously the Empire's going to win. Yeah. Got it. Got it. This All is right. a big apples to oranges argument. Is it? 
Yeah, I, I think so. Well, that's what I'm trying to zoom in on is what makes sports different from narrative. Like, because they're both narratives. Just one involves talent on a court or a field okay, or whatever. So and the other involves talent with a mystical blade, you know? Let's let's say, don't belittle stuff. Professional stones. wrestling combines them both. No, exactly. I, I, I don't, honestly, Ian, I don't think that he's belittling, belittling you. No, I think I he's genuinely trying to make a, an honest so I'm comparison. Just, I'm trying to find I, the seed of the difference. I think what it is, if you if you took Star Wars and mm-hmm. put it into the real world, mm-hmm. you had Luke against the Death Star and all right. of that stuff. Right. Yeah. There's no idea how that's going to play out. Right. And that's that's it's just whoa, anything's going to happen. Right. They're, they're at war and stuff. Same for this movie. With sports. <laughs> with, with a sport, wait, you put with it in the wait, real wait, wait, world. Wait, shut up. With a sports, <laughs> with a sports movie. You can't apply. So, the, and the same thing applies to a movie. When you put when you put Star Wars into a movie format, okay, then the only way it has been. Yeah, someone's decided the ending, haven't they? <laughs> they sure have. Okay, Ian, I think in. Ian, I think what you're trying to say is like sports are supposed to be enjoyed in the moment, and as like once you know the outcome after it's done, then you're done with that sporting moment. And you're yeah, on to the guess, next one. I guess Whereas a movie so. you can revisit. Well, that's yeah. what I thought. I thought it would be an argument about the the relative importance or gravitas of the moment. Yeah. I, that's where I thought the difference was for you. But I'm not I'm, too sure my argument holds much weight, but it is how I feel. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm not going to try <laughs> and convince anyone else to feel the same way, but it is how I feel. It, it's an it's an interesting philosophical experiment, mm-hmm. and um, I I will I will probably continue to dig on it just because dig. I'm curious. Like where? Mm-hmm. Not, I mean, not even. I don't want to spend our whole show <laughs> trying to figure out uh, your inherent trauma with with sports. But <laughs> uh-huh. let's, let's go there. Let's unpack that, shall we? Uh, but back to the movie itself. Um, the jokes landed. Um, I thought it was incredibly funny. The, my biggest, biggest, biggest letdown, and it stopped me from loving it um it's just the same old emotional beats really and is. i get it i know we quote unquote need them but we don't it's it's the same old money problems let down the partner lying to your spouse it all works out because you do some big gesture it is this is a rom-com from the 90s shoved into a funny sports ball movie yeah, I'll go next. Uh, I, I I definitely agree with uh, everything you just said, and I think that is I think the tropey stuff, the the saccharine stuff, is the reason I have the hardest time like firmly being like, yeah, I like this movie. Mm-hmm. Is is just because it really is so paint by numbers in oh, so many ways. So what, so dumb. What saves it and allows me to say, yeah, I like this movie is that I, like you, think these two work really well together. Mm-hmm. I really bought into their relationship. Yeah. Um, and they both made me laugh. The side characters made me laugh a lot. <laughs> oh, they so, were great. So, so when I'm when I'm laughing consistently, I'm just I'm just going to have a good time and yeah. I'm going to be more likely to overlook things that might get me distracted before or whatever. Plus, you add the fact that basketball is easily my favorite sport, and this movie gets basketball. It understands hoops. Like, it really gets the, the street nature of it combined with the technical precision of it. Like, it, it, like it's using 
ideas and um, you know plays and different things that that really make sense. Um, it's actually one of the things I remember not liking about the original is I didn't believe for a second Wesley Snipes could play basketball, <laughs> and both of these these players can hoop, and uh, that's that I I really enjoyed that part. It was of it, fun so. watching you watch this movie. <laughs> like you got really zoned in on the on the actual. So you d- you don't like playing. the original at all. Um, I, it's been too long since I've seen it to really, uh, declare because I watched movies with completely different eyes than I did, uh, when this movie came out. Um, and I saw it the first time. However, um, I remember thinking the basketball was, was lacking for me and therefore it was harder for me to buy in. Although I also remember thinking Woody Harrelson was, uh, absolutely hilarious. It's, um, it's so. interesting watching that movie again, like as an adult, cause I hadn't seen it since like 92 and then we send it and I, co-wrote that script with uh, a fellow center Daniel Cardoso. And uh, so I watched it a couple times about a month ago and I hadn't seen it since I was a teenager. And it was, it's also one of those movies too. It just, it's one of those moments that rarely happens where you have these two people that just become movie stars, like right in front of you in that movie. Like that was their movie where mm-hmm. Harrelson and Snipes, plus you've got Ron Shelton. And I don't think he should, that dude can make a sports film. Like he was involved in Bull Durham. He was uh, involved in Tin Cup, White Men Can't Jump. You know, I mean, that guy can make a sports film. Um, I thought it was interesting. The director of this also did the House Party remake uh, from earlier this year. So I thought that was a... This guy's got an interesting trend going here where he's making (laughs) remake early 90s uh, 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 movies. But yeah, I just... uh, It's like this... I don't... I mean, I'm glad Ian enjoyed it so much. I don't want to like crap all over him. Please crap uh, on it. (laughs) I liked Jack Harlow a heck of a lot more than I thought I would. I will say that. I was I didn't want to see this movie because when I've seen him in real life in like thing in situations, he irritates the crap out of me. So <laughs> I've never uh, and seen it's nothing him. personal. He might be the nicest guy in the world. It's just, you know, there's just some people that just kind of rub you the wrong way for whatever reason when you see them doing something. Uh I Sequel Walls, I don't know that I had really seen him in anything else. Uh he'd been in a couple things I might have seen him in, but uh I He's thought he was really good. Lights. Oh that's right. Yeah. Okay. I did know him from that. That's right. Uh, I liked him quite a bit in this. I thought he was really good. They do play off well to each other. That's, that's my biggest changed... pro for the movie. They do. They have good chemistry yeah. together. Yeah, they do. One thing that, and I mean, I, you know, I, I, I'm fine with remakes. I mean, but one thing I thought was interesting was like in the original, I completely understood like why Wesley Snipes went to Woody Harrelson and said, Hey, let's go, let's go, you know, hustle some people. I didn't really completely get it in this movie. First off, uh, Jack Harlow is not even trying to hustle him in the beginning. Right. Jack yeah. Harlow's just like a guy Teaching. that just happened. He doesn't shut his mouth and he just said a comment like, hey, you might want to do this for your shooting. And he was like, well, come see if you can beat me in the best of five. I mean, I don't think that was purposeful. I think that just happened. So that that felt a little less authentic that they I got totally in that agree. situation. I think the hustle stuff yeah. is forced in, even though it's kind of funny. Like, it, yeah. it's for that character does not feel like a hustler. It feels like a teacher, no. like you said, Andrew. He feels like a teacher. Well, um, that's what he's doing. That's why he's mm-hmm. at the gym. He's yeah. trying to, you know, he's trying to train kids that are going mm-hmm. to college or whatever. Um, I also found it hard to believe nobody knew who he was because at that one point, Cinqua Walls like did some research on Harlow's character Gonzaga. and found out he played it. Gonzaga, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. who yeah. would not know like like actual basketball people? I'm saying that would be playing in these street games, they wouldn't right. have recognized them. I also couldn't figure out why Cinqua Walls' character couldn't find somebody else that hadn't had 
two blown ACLs <laughs> yeah. to play in that tournament with him. So I just my problem with it early on was that I just didn't buy that the the way things progressed did not make sense to me. Yeah. And so I started off very early just not buying into any of this. And so it, yeah. it, it did win me back a little bit as it kept going because they are very, very good together. I do not I will not deny that. But there was just nothing that I could really grab onto uh, at, by that point. So that was kind of my problem with it. Andrew, some uh, some thoughts? Yeah, uh, it's one of those movies that I just can't help. But uh, since I've seen the first one so many times, just constantly look at like the different elements and compare them. Uh, I do think that Jack Harlow and Cinque Walls are great together. It's I think that Snipes and Harrelson that... It's a, this is a different movie in the sense that I don't think that these guys are as frenemy-ish as Snipes and Harrelson were. I think that here they're, they're, they kind of jab at each other, but there's never any animosity in it. Whereas if you watch the old 92 one, I could believe at any second that Harrelson or Snipes was going to bite the other dude's head off. Well, and part of that is again the Harlow character is so different than the Harrelson character. Like yeah. it's it's I mean it's meditation and it's you know like it's it's just a different thing. Harrelson and Snipes are not good guys in the right. first movie, whereas here th- these are two guys just trying to get by. In the first one, you know they're like conning people and they're like they owe money to like drug cartels and stuff like that like it's Mm -hmm. it's serious business it it was the original uncut gems it's a story about (laughs) the traumas of gambling addiction it's one of the best thing oh sorry go ahead no i was gonna say and whenever you take out that the important message in it that's what i feel is super lacking in this version this movie isn't really saying anything it's just showing stuff Mm mm-hmm yeah, I think one of the most interesting things about the original is, and I guess I won't spoil it, but what happened the the end result between Woody Harrelson and Rosie Perez, their mm. relationship, that is just something that nobody ever does. The way they end that, <laughs> if that makes sense, I, yeah. You know, I mean, you know, I just don't want to give it away, real. but it's just yeah, it's very real, yeah. And so, and I'm not saying the original doesn't have a lot of silly moments. It absolutely does. It has a lot of comedy. You got the. The guy going in uh, the famous scene where the guy goes and tries to rob the liquor store, the gas station. Oh, the guy knows who he is. Like, is that you? Is and that then you he just him? ends up selling him the gun. He yeah, he sells. He him the tries gun. to sell him the gun. He just tried to rob him with. <laughs> it's great. Uh, but yeah, no, I agree with you. I think I think the original has a lot more to say than this. And uh, movies don't have to always have something to say, but that is definitely a difference. Yeah, I do think that this movie did have something to say whenever it came to. Uh, living up to a legacy or, uh, mm-hmm. or you know, trying to fulfill a destiny, yeah, which is going to kind of lead me. That's the stuff, though. That's the stuff that's so as you know, old as moldy bread. Like it's just we've seen that theme and idea so many times in this exact same way. Maybe it's just because Lance Redding just passed that. I'm that was, I'm, I'm yes. feeling a lot of more weight. Mm-hmm. To sure. a lot of it. Totally. Yeah, I think the real world can sneak in there um, because we know that, that Lance just on. died recently. Yeah. yeah He's good. Sure. He's good mm-hmm. in it. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's do one last thing. Uh, what do you guys, What? Uh, what's one uh, more thing that uh, you want to mention about this movie? Uh, no post credit scene. <laughs> I'm just going to go with the visceral. 
when, <laughs> oh, when, every when single Jeremy time he jumps, jumps, and then his knee. But it was strange because it was on like while he was in mid air, like they suddenly went and I just ah, oh, oh, just cringed every time. It was visceral. The last time it happened was weird to me because he had an easy layup. And he missed it for some reason, and mm. then got injured. Like he should have gotten the injury injured trying. The yeah. yeah, he should have gotten in, injured trying for that because yeah. he shouldn't have missed that layup. He wasn't injured when he went up for the layup. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, anyways. And this wasn't even really white man can't jump. It was more white man can't jump because he has two broken, a- two busted ACLs. <laughs> yeah, the first one is white man can't jump because he's white. This one is white man can't jump because his yeah. knees are gone. White man can't <laughs> jump and probably shouldn't. White, yeah. White man can't afford knee replacement surgery. I, I also do love the director's name though, Calmatic. That's that's boss. Very very cool. That's a pretty um, sweet name. I think the one I would my, not be able to pull that off. I'm like, hey guys, my name's Calmatic. <laughs> like, no. Jonathan, did you have one last thing? Just that. I like the director's okay. name. <laughs> um, my one last thing is I really love when a movie can uh, wade into racial conversation, mm-hmm. and there's a lot mm-hmm. of racial conversation here, and it's done with humor. And it's done with love, and it's, I thought done with authenticity. It felt very, mm-hmm. you know, a very authentic way for in the in the Jack Harlow character, much like like I'm assuming this is a complete assumption. I don't know. I haven't done any research. Much like I'm assuming Jack Harlow himself uh, has spent a lot of time in the culture. Like he's, you know, definitely. Um, uh, you know, but he's a hip hop artist too. So, correct. I mean, he's ingratiated he himself in into the culture, mm-hmm. and you know, so I think there's a freedom and an ability there for them to talk about whiteness and blackness and what that means. Uh, that I really enjoy because it is difficult sometimes to have those conversations. You know, uh, we're currently on a podcast with four white guys. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, there's. There yeah. are, you know, and, the, and that's not Wait, to say what? we don't have people of color on the podcast. We do often uh, and purposefully so. Um, but uh, but those conversations aren't always easy to have in um, in our world. And so I like when entertainment can wade into those things and show us how yeah. it might sound like, what it might look like, what mm-hmm. it, you know, um, because it allows us to have empathy, right? It allows us to understand uh, what the world is for somebody else and how they might see something else. So, I w- um, I, not not the race part, but I was thinking we were reviewing Little Mermaid. I was like, man, this is the people that everybody wants to hear. Like, this is who they want to go by for their Little Mermaid opinions for over thirty adults, <laughs> adult men. Yeah, yeah, very, very true. Thank you, uh, thank you, Jonathan, for pointing out the uh, pointlessness of this podcast today. Uh, with that in mind, uh, let's we go will continue on. Uh, all right, uh, before we head on to our best ever challenge, big thank you to our uh, absolutely wonderful, wonderful Sif Pop members. Thank you so much for your support of what goes on here. Uh, if you never checked it out, I'd encourage you uh, to do so if you're interested. It's at Patreon, patreoncom Pop. Um, and uh, Andrew is running the pre-show these days, and we talked about some of the latest news that's heading out into the pop culture world and told some birthday stories uh, on the pre-show for our VIPs. So thank you if you're doing that, uh, and thank you for, listen, thank you just for watching and telling other people about the show. Like, that's, you know, that is enough to thank you for, but to go that extra mile, that extra level and, um, and actually throw a couple bucks our way each month is we don't take it lightly. So thank you for doing that. Again, that's patreon.com slash 
The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. All right, on to the Best Ever Challenge. A really weird one today, but why not? Uh, best Ever movies that came out within 24 hours of our birthday. Uh, <laughs> so, or at least the birthday of three of us. Uh, May 26th is the birthday, so anything... Oh, no. May I have one that's for May 28th. Is that okay? Oh, that was not within the range, Jonathan. <laughs> I did uh, not hear that. <laughs> read your emails. Uh, is 525 through 527 um, is the range uh. that we're going with. Um, well, they might, have had a, they might have had a Thursday night preview. <laughs> <laughs> that used to be a thing. <laughs> yes, yes. It is still a thing, actually. Um, sometimes it even goes to like a Thursday afternoon preview. Like it's, it just keeps extending back on the weekend. Yeah. Little um, Mermaid came out on Thursday. I don't know why they're calling that a preview. The theater I so went weird. to started at 3 o'clock. They had like 20 yep. showings. Yeah, we had yes. a 2 o'clock That is an showing. opening. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it, it opened on Thursday. You know, it's... Yeah. Little, the Little Mermaid came out on 525, not 526, but uh, whatever. Uh, all right, we'll go number five to number one. If you have it higher than somebody else, you can Trump. You can trump it. Uh, you guys so, are still using that term, huh? Right. <laughs> yes. Listen, it was Can't around before one. him. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. I think you should. Own uh, it. Uh, all Reclaim right. it. Uh, so we'll start at number five and go to number one. I'll kick us off. Um, my number five movie came out in 2012, I believe, on May 25th. Uh, and that was The Best Exotic Marigold Hotel uh, is at my number five. Um, I really enjoyed this movie. This is kind of one of a few movies that uh, were kind of really popular in the early 2010s. Uh, especially coming out of England, uh, doing kind of the older actors get together and do an ensemble piece kind of movie. And this is one I really, really enjoyed. I wasn't alone. They made a sequel. So clearly there were enough people uh, who also enjoyed it. Um, but if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. It's really, really good. So uh, check out the best exotic Marigold Hotel. I am ashamed that I have not even heard of this movie <laughs> i've heard of it i have I how have, have i not it, heard of this heard movie of i love the cast that's insane yeah wow. um, I mean, that sounds like an ian movie so i mean you might like it i mean i'll just give you this cast uh you know judy dench maggie smith bill nighy tom wilkinson dev patel um so yeah this is this it's is love actually cast. in a hotel yeah, <laughs> not on Christmas. Is it really? No, no. Okay, it is good. Not. No, I'm kidding. I have no the idea. Poster makes it look like that. <laughs> no, it's really good. It's really, really good. Um, so it comes. I like Dev Patel five. on the motorcycle with his arm raised, like yes, <laughs> let's go. It's like a say anything moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. 
I got the girl. <laughs> uh, Andrew, why don't you go next? What's your number five? Mine came out in 2012. It's a Wes Anderson film called Moonrise Kingdom. Hit it, Aaron. Trump! All right. Uh, Jonathan, what's your number five? Um, my number five, I don't, uh, I guess I'll, I'll say that till afterwards, but I just thought it was interesting. I didn't realize my dates were like this. But anyways, this is one that's totally fine. It came out on May 27th. Of, and I will love any of you if you have this higher. I will love you. <laughs> Uh, May 27th, 1988, it's a little ditty called Killer Clowns from Outer Space. <laughs> what? <laughs> no. Nice. I've seen Killer this Clowns movie, from no, Outer Space. Have you seen this, Aaron? I haven't, no. You really, really need to watch it. It's a great Halloween watch. It's a great Halloween watch. Adding it to the yeah, letterbox is, right it now? Is, it is so, so much fun. It's a um, bad movie. It's, it's a really bad movie, but it's... No, it's not. It's, I think it's a... No, it's a good bad movie. No, well, I, mean, I, I don't mean that in the sense of like the room or something. I, see I mean, what you're it's, saying. it's like a badly made movie that's good. Well, it's a very purposely made ode to like 1950s B movies. Yeah. Except it replaces giant monsters with giant killer clown, not giant, uh, killer clown aliens that come down and they put up like a big tent in the middle of the forest and yeah. they lure people there and do things to them. It's, uh, it's very charming, it's quite funny. And intentionally funny, not unintentionally. It also actually manages to be a little creepy just because I think the clown designs were really good. The Chiodo brothers who directed this, uh, they're special effects guys. Uh, they're probably most well-known for for creating the Critters yeah. uh, in the first Critters film. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this might be the only film they directed. They have still, to this day, been trying to get a sequel to Killer Clowns from Outer Space made. It was not a hit by any means in the theater, but it was a huge cable mainstay. Uh, when I was a kid, when I was like a, going to my like early teens or whatever. Uh, nice. So that's where I saw it like several, several times. And I think I even enjoy it more as an adult just because I have more of a knowledge now of like the types of movies that yeah. it's, uh, you know, it's 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 making sure. fun of it. Not really making fun of. It's not a parody. It's definitely trying to be uh, the thing that it is. Oh, well, this is definitely, definitely a cult classic horror film. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So I couldn't put it higher than five, but I just I didn't know how to leave it off. Nice, uh, <laughs> that's fair. So, just doing a good because it's just a movie I've, movie I've seen it. I mean, it, uh, all the movies that came out, other than a couple, I've probably seen this the most. Uh, maybe other go. than my number one and number two. Well, so, I have added it to the letterbox watch list, so at some point uh, I will get around to it. So, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Ian, what's your number five? Um, it is, um, interested if this is going to get trumped, is the 2014 entry into the X-Men universe, Days of Future Past. Nope. Hold up, Aaron. One of my honorable Ian. mentions, but... Days of Future Past came out on the 28th. Yeah, Days of Future Past was not eligible for this category. Oh, do we really have to pick another one if we... <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Phil already oh, put my, got my graphics. <laughs> Oh dang um, it! Now, if if you want uh, the last stand, uh, that you came can out use the last the stand category. Uh-huh. Okay, in that case, Return of the Jedi or uh, Apocalypse. Uh, no, I'm just yeah. Uh, what do you say, Return of the Jedi? Return of the Jedi. Yeah, hey, Aaron, if you wouldn't mind. Cool. That's my number five. <laughs> I've got to find another number four. <laughs> you got time. Sorry, Listen, I don't understand why it's so hard to to understand this fully arbitrary and nonsensical <laughs> oh, rule. And I, I actually don't know Aaron's number one because his would not be eligible. But I was thinking. Um, oh, all dear. right. Uh, so oh, back yeah, to me right. for my number four. <laughs> Aaron um, singing in the rain was like two days off yeah, from this list. Know, Sorry, buddy. That's all right. 
Um, all right. So my number four might get trumped. I don't know. Top Gun Maverick from last year. Do it. Do it. Uh, honorable do mention. It. All right. It was my number four as well. All right. So this. Oh, shoot. It's my number four. Oh, well, then we can just talk about it. <laughs> well, wait. John, you had it. It's my honorable mention. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, Why do you hate this movie, Jonathan? <laughs> That's yeah, seriously. Right. That's right. <laughs> Um, I, we've talked about a, a lot about this movie uh, in the last year because it was probably the biggest surprise. And uh, is I mean, is it fair to say the biggest like hit of last year um, for me? <laughs> uh, just with all kind of audience, I just think the staying power of it probably the only mm. one that we compete with it. Maybe the Way of Water had a lot of staying power, but I think <laughs> I think this was I think this was a bigger hit than the Way of Water. Um, is what it should be I do if uh, you consider it that way. So. Um, so yeah, any what do you guys want to mention about it, Andrew or uh, Ian? I love uh, it. Hold my hand. I've been listening to that song a lot lately, and uh, it, it it could have given the RRR song a run for its money at the Oscars. The more I listen to it, mm-hmm. the sure. the less certain I I felt I am feeling about my pick, even though I know that we were right. Just just dial up that RRR song and yeah. watch it once, and it'll be it'll all be okay. <laughs> Get that give video me some on. suspenders too. <sighs> Uh, Jonathan, what is your number four? Uh, Rook, I really like Top Gun Maverick, by the way. Just not as much as Rooney <laughs> Harlan. Yeah. Uh, well, my number four was going to be the amazing Rooney Harlan vehicle cliffhanger, but no. can't. Yeah, I just got the 4K steelbook of that today. Huh? I just got the 4K steelbook of Cliffhanger oh today. Oh my God, I love Cliffhanger so much. Yeah. That might be my favorite Stallone film now. I don't know. It's up there. I'm probably nice. n- missing something. Yeah. Uh, although another Stallone film that I almost wanted to pick but wasn't eligible was Rocky Three. Both movies better yeah. with Kevin Klein, I think. So, uh, so I will pick is, my first weird. honorable mention. I guess I'll throw in my number four. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I heard that. Nobody, I, there's like no one that's going to understand that except for no, me. No, that's nobody will get. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh God, now I'm getting <laughs> mad again. Like, did you? I love it. Anytime you want to derail Jonathan, (laughs) mention Kevin Kevin Klein. Klein. Say Kevin Klein should be in Tango and Cash and piss me off. He should have been a Uh, woman. I'm going to go with my first honorable mention for my number four. This actually came out on May 26, 1971. It is a movie that was actually remade uh, six or seven years ago. Uh, It's called The Beguiled. Uh, This is, uh, I believe it's Don Siegel, but it's definitely Clint Eastwood. And it's Clint Eastwood plays this guy that basically gets he's wounded he's hurt i I can't remember what war it is it might be the civil war i can't remember but he gets hurt he ends up in this convent and these nuns are taking care of him and i don't really want to say anything past that (laughs) because it's 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 a wild movie and it's especially an interesting movie in 1971 that's a sofia coppola movie isn't it yeah, the, she remade it, yes. Yeah. Correct, with Nicole Kidman, yeah. It, it, they're very similar, but I will say, I mean, it just plays really interesting in 1971 because it definitely pay, plays more like a male gaze film versus the Sofia Coppola movie. Mm-hmm. But I think that actually works for it in a weird way because it just, I don't know, it just makes it a little more tense. Uh, it makes it a little, it, it, it definitely feels almost more like a horror film at times uh, than just a straight-up drama uh, or at least a thriller. It it's, it feels like more like a thriller, which makes sense. It's Don Siegel. It's Clint Eastwood. Uh, you know, they did Dirty Harry together and whatnot. So, uh, but it's a really, really cool film. It's it's a film from the 70s. I don't think it's talked about enough, even though there has been a remake. But that remake, I guess, wasn't, uh, you know, a big hit or anything. So uh, most people might have forgotten about that at this point. But it's a uh, it's a really good movie uh, if you're in the if you're in the mood for something from the 70s you haven't seen. 
My dad handed me the DVD of this three nice. years ago. And I just still, and now I feel really bad for having not watched it because I'm like, oh, <laughs> I, think, I, think I like Tim Eastwood, really but I haven't man. heard it's, this uh, movie. It's it's kind of it's a tough film to watch at times too, just because of because of the subject matter. I don't know. It's 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 really interesting. It's really interesting. I, I oh, like it it's now further up my list for sure. It's now just gathering awesome. dust on my shelf. I, I hope that's a good thing. You might hate me after you watch it. I don't. Know. <laughs> one thing uh, one thing I can be certain of when Jonathan's on the show is that my letterbox uh, yeah. watch list will will beef up by the end of the show. So nice. I've added that one as well. Uh, all right, on to our number threes. Um, I would be surprised if this one didn't get trumped. Uh, I have 1979's Alien. Trump, yeah. Trump. 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 All right. Uh, Andrew, what do you have at number three? It's gonna get trumped. I have a new hope. Trump. Trump. Oh wait, actually, hold on a second. Uh, I might. Oh yeah, Trump. Oh no, no, I have it at number three. Also, sorry. Trump. <laughs> <laughs> Ian, Ian, what do you have at number three? I am uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Also not eligible. What? Oh, for good the beguiled. That's what I thought Aaron's number one was going to be. <laughs> really? I do love the Last Crusade. Did I wish it was on eligible, the email. But... I thought it just okay. said May twenty sixth ish. That's all. Yeah, I you said within, it said within a day. You didn't either give us way. A range. I did I an email within a he day did. either way. Yes. He did because I followed the rules. Okay, I totally fine. A new hope. <laughs> a new hope has now been promoted <laughs> to number three. By Good. this point, Ian's number one is going to end up being like Smokey and the Bandit or something, <laughs> <laughs> which nobody's uh, picked yet. Um, all right, so on to our number twos. This is where I have Moonrise Kingdom. Nice. Uh, 2012. Um, I, uh, I have recently decided that this is my favorite Wes Anderson movie, Ooh, even nice. above Fantastic Mr. Fox, which used to hold that, uh, that term. I just think there is something so interesting about, um, this this story and these kids and uh it's quirky as all Wes Anderson things are but I just think the narrative here is um it draws me in and more than any other Wes Anderson uh movie does um so yeah I really really like Moonrise Kingdom it's it's really good it was an honorable mention for me um uh, I think Andrew you had it at number four I believe uh five number five yeah did you want to talk yeah. about it a little bit uh yeah it's i wish uh bruce willis got to do more films like this you know because he was just absolutely great in it he was mm-hmm. probably besides the kids he was probably my favorite part of the movie i don't know man edward norton is just so whenever edward norton does a pta <laughs> or a uh wes anderson movie it's it, it's just magic so mm-hmm. yeah even I when he's love voicing it. the character like he's so good in isle of dogs yeah it's it's yeah. awesome yeah. Um, all right. Your number two, Andrew. This is where I have Alien. Trump. 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 Uh, Jonathan, your number two. My number two is, I'm going to guess the oldest film on all the list. I could be wrong, but uh, it's from 1956. It came out on May 26th. It is a little Western called The Searchers. Mm. Wait, uh, Searchers didn't come out. That's I what I saw. I see that one. Um I found that it came up when I was looking at. I just went to Wikipedia and looked at each year, and then I looked yeah. at the stuff that was released. Uh, I have March thirteenth in nineteen fifty six, but um, but yeah, fine. Hold on. No, wait, I'm on. I'm on. Listen, Hold if we've learned one thing, chaos. we will never do a category like this. No, nope. <laughs> uh, I think you may have. Can wait. It's May six, May twenty sixth. 
Um, I, Google told me March 13th, 56. Yeah, I just saw it on Wikipedia. Wikipedia is not always right, though. Okay, it's hold on. On IMDb, it says May 26th as well. So there's double confirmation. Well, Give it to I, him. I, IMDb says May 16th. No, that's uh, you got to scroll down past the uh, premieres. <laughs> it's fine. No, it's fine. It's totally fine. I have. A really let's good count it. Listen, if it says May twenty sixth somewhere, I just not, I'm not seeing it. We can count I think, it. Let's, I think let's talk I, about the Searchers. Okay, cool. The Searchers is, if not my favorite western, it's it's in that category. Um, it's probably John Wayne's best performance. Although I don't know. Yeah. At least as far as westerns go, he's really good in The Quiet Man. Uh, it is. Um, it's interesting though. The character John Wayne plays is a very, very unpleasant uh, person. He's just uh, a little racist. racist. He's just yeah, a little yeah. racist. Which, and we've learned some. You know, it's it's hard to sometimes know if that kind of sh- mirrors uh, real life. Some stuff we've heard about mm-hmm. John Wayne, but I don't really know. I didn't know him personally, so I, you know, who knows? But uh, it's uh, it, so it's not the most comfortable movie. But I think I think John Ford, who's one of the best directors ever. Uh, when Orson Welles was asked who his three favorite directors were, he said John Ford, John Ford, and John Ford. <laughs> yep. um, and uh, it's an extremely, it's a really gorgeous movie. It's it's one of the most beautiful movies to look Phenomenally at. gorgeous. Yes, phenomenally gorgeous. Um, uh, John Wayne, like I said, he plays a really interesting and really compelling character that you, you're not supposed to like him. I mean, I think it's all intentional. So oh, yeah. I, I don't know if it's as problematic as some people say it is. Obviously, the way something hits you is the way it hits you. I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not going to judge that, but I mean, I do think that he's not supposed to be a good person. I don't, I don't think there's anything in the movie that makes it seem like he is. No, but, our moral uh, although compass, you could argue that the movie does paint him as the hero at one point, but I think our moral um, compass is Jeffrey Hunter's character in that, that one. too. Yeah, Jeffrey yes. Hunter's in this movie. Yeah. Oh, I'm watching it. Yeah, and uh, and, that, and Natalie Wood, a, a very young Natalie Wood, plays Hero this, Miles. Uh, the, plays the girl that gets uh, kidnapped. It's basically it's a girl that gets kidnapped. Or, or goes away with some uh, Native Americans. Spoilers. And then John Wayne. Huh? Nothing. Oh, and then John <laughs> Wayne and uh, Hunter, they go they go try to rescue her. He's um, trying to spoiler so I, shame you for a 70-year-old movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that really spoils anything. That's kind of right at the beginning. I know, so. I'm just being a, yeah. a but, no, big old butthole. But it's a, it's a great movie that may or may not have come out on May 26th. It's really hard with some of these older movies, though, to know when their exact release date was. Well, according but. to the IMDb, it did come out on May 26th. We're going to yeah. go with okay. May 26th here because it had kind of like a subtle, like it, the premiere was May 16th in Chicago. Oh, but, right. but then it, there's like Wide a Buffalo release. premiere on the 17th, a Detroit premiere on the 18th, a, a Cleveland premiere on the 22nd, and then it just says United States, May 26, 1956. So yeah, I think I think we're good to call that justified. Yeah, no, absolutely. it's it's, uh, it's and it's a movie I came to later in life too. I didn't, I wasn't really into westerns for until I got older, and then I just started kind of deep dive. I just kind of started watching all of them, and uh, this is one that's always stood out to me. So yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. So I think, Ian, that means we're on to your number two. Is that right? I believe so. I mean, such as my list is. <laughs> Empire Strikes Back? No. 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 Doesn't qualify? No. no. It doesn't qualify. Right, that searches. came out like May 10th or something, I think. <laughs> really? <laughs> no, it was around there. The it list was like, that I read was garbage 20th, then. I, I thought it was at least... Five or it six was Memorial later. Day, but it wasn't uh, the twenty fifth, twenty sixth, or twenty seventh. Yeah, they didn't used to know when Memorial Day was. Uh, <laughs> <sighs> well, this is just a 
crumb shoot, isn't it? So Men in Black Three came out on the twenty fifth. Right. I like Men in Black well, Three. There you Let's go. put it it's in at number, number two. two. <laughs> yeah, um, Josh Aaron Brolin. Trumpet. No, I'm joking. <laughs> yeah. That would Brolin. be amazing. Josh Brolin is genuinely excellent in that movie. Um, I do like Men in Black Three quite a lot. Yeah, yeah, I do too. Actually, I actually do. I, I do. My honorable it, I mean, it's a lot better than two. I still think the first one's the best one. Oh, of course. It's, yeah, without. It's a, a good doubt. sequel. Yeah. That 2012, that that Memorial Day 2012 was a yeah, was a good weekend. It was Moonrise strong. Kingdom, Best Exotic Marigold Hotel, um, also the Intouchables. <laughs> Intouchables, the yeah, Intouchables. not the Untouchables. Oh, right. wait, yeah. like the Untouchables. Wait. They do like a, yeah. an anniversary. Yeah. Intouchables. Wait, the new one or the old one? The old one. I have never seen that. Are so you that's kidding? Really good. It, it came out during this time. I think so. I could be wrong. I, it was on one of my lists. I, I could be wrong. Um, as we've discovered, this category is uh, all the nonsense. Didn't they remake that? They and, did yeah. with uh, and, Cranston, right? Um, and uh, Kevin Hart. Was Kevin, it that movie? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah. Uh, anyhow, uh, I think we're ready for our number ones. Uh, five, 25, 77. Uh, one of those few dates that you know what people are talking about when they mention uh, Star Wars A New Hope uh, came yeah. out. So, um, Meh. Which, which <laughs> makes May 4th make even less sense. Like, why isn't it May 25th? What's that? Why isn't like, Star Wars Day May, May 25th? 4th oh, makes less right. sense. Yeah, it, yeah. it should be May 25th should be Star Wars Day. Yeah. May, May, May the 25th be with you? It's um, fine. It's yeah, when it got works, released. Works fine. Yeah. Or they could have uh, just released Star Wars on May 4th. And so uh, it's all a big a of, castle. You guys have mentioned this. I think I had to trumpet a couple times. Um, but yes, mm-hmm. I do love A New Hope. And I know that there are Star Wars movies that we like to say are better, including Empire, um, those kind of things. But man, this it's just so hard for me when you talk about favorites to put any Star Wars movie above this first one. Because I just I watched this movie... Hundreds, if not thousands of times growing up. Like, you know, um, yeah, I was just, I was in the uh, center of the Star Wars universe uh, with the first one coming out a year after I was born and uh, almost exactly a year after I was born. Mm. Uh, and uh, and then, you know, every three years after that, I think uh, Return of the Jedi was uh, 80 four or 83 yeah empire was 80 yeah it was 80 and 83 so every three years and so yeah you know i was and they'd re-release them i mean back then Mm -hmm. they would re-release these movies so like i saw star wars in the theater but i just didn't see it till like 1981 or something right yeah why isn't his lightsaber white (laughs) like it is on the poster it's a fair question it's a fair question (laughs) um i just found myself with star wars it was hard to get invested because whether they won or lost, somebody oh wrote it. Man. <laughs> I like the basketball scenes. Those are my favorite. Uh, all right. Wow. Uh, yeah. I'm not coming back. I mean, Luke was such a hustler, man. He, he was. He was. Yeah. He would He would shoot one. Nobody rats. thought C-3PO would be a good tag team in a, in a basketball game, but man, it worked out. It did work yeah. out. Yeah. Uh, Andrew, what is your number one? Return of the Jedi. Do we do nice. our number two? Wait, are we are we talking about yes. Star Wars two since we, we had didn't do our number? Oh wait, so my number one is different than everybody else's. Okay, I you just, had a you, your number two got trumped by both. Ian that, and are we not story. talking about? Are we not talking about Star Wars before we get to that though? The other ones that put on the list. Oh, go for it. I don't care. I was just curious. No, sure, go ahead. It was my number three. So. Yeah. 
Yeah, chat about it. Um, I just wanted to say, just to echo off what Aaron said, and I say this, Star Wars and Empire, and I refuse to call it A New Hope. I refuse to call it Episode Four. It is Star Wars. That is the name mm-hmm. of the sure. freaking movie. I understand movie. that. Um, and uh, Kevin Klein would have been terrible in it. <laughs> um, <laughs> he says you. Um, no, uh, I think it's the better movie of the two. I, those are my two favorite Star Wars movies. Not even close. I think those are the two best Star Wars movies. Although I do love Return. I'm not going to... Mm-hmm. Like, Return was definitely one I love. Phantom Menace. But I, Come on. I, I have, as I've gotten older, I think Star Wars is better than, than Empire. Uh, but it's not by much. I mean, we're talking about... We're talking about two A, a to mm-hmm. A-plus movies, right? Yeah. So... I agree. Uh, but I just I just love this one. I just think it all comes together in an interesting way. And I just, I don't know, it's just the beginning of everything. And mm-hmm. it's just, it's just every time I watch it, you know, and I'm, I'm, uh, I, I, I may or may not have a copy of the original uh, <laughs> version of it, uh, but I don't really even mind the, um, I don't even mind the special editions that much. Return bothers me a little bit, but, uh, but the other ones those are fine too. I just think it's crazy that there's a lot of people probably Ian, have you ever seen the original cuts? I couldn't tell you if I I, I okay. had it on VHS. Um Oh, you might you probably did. So I probably, probably have. have. I feel yeah. like I have because it was an old copy. It was my dad's copy. Yeah. So yeah, I I feel like I have. But I I just wanted to mirror what Aaron said and say no, there's nothing wrong with saying Star Wars is better than Empire. Yeah. Um all right, Andrew, you're number 1. Return of the Jedi. Hinted nice. at to nice. earlier. Honorable mention. Yeah, I uh, this one just has way more emotional beats that really uh, that I think hit. It's the it's the you know it's the conclusion of this Anakin story arc. You know that fight with him and Luke on the Death Star is just so heartbreaking mm-hmm. because right before they quit, you just see so much hate flowing through Luke, and you. There's a part of you that really believes that he might, you know, get tempted to, you know, strike his father out in eight and then he won't be a Jedi. But then he quits and then there's the redemption of Darth Vader at the very end. It's just such a beautiful story. Ewoks are adorable. Yeah, they are. They're fine. Yeah. I I don't understand the hate. Because Star yeah. Wars fans hate everything Star Wars. <laughs> Ian, you've it's never said anything the, more 1983. true. 1983. It's not far from the truth. Ian, you've never said anything in your life that's yeah. more truthful than that. Uh-huh. I thought, that, yeah, this movie, because this came out when I was seven, and uh, I saw, this is the first movie I saw in the theater multiple times, too, and I mean, it just, mm. God, blew me away. Yeah. 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 Uh, Jonathan, what's your number one? Uh, I think my it's number the same one, as Ian's. Uh, Alien. Is that yours, too, Ian? Yeah, if you're going to disqualify it, why not? Yeah. No, Alien's not no, disqualified. Alien, Alien counts. Yeah, Alien of course, counts. of course it does. Why not? May 25th, 1979. <laughs> I'm sorry you didn't uh, know how to read the rules. Yeah, yeah this, number is, one. This, is, uh, this is one of my all-time favorite movies. Uh, I love this movie a lot. Uh, uh, it's uh, it's a haunted house movie in space, and it's it's just that, that, like, that concept sounds like it would be so easy to do, but like I don't know. It's just it's amazing. Uh Ridley Scott just firing on all cylinders. Uh, Sigourney Weaver playing, doing an awesome job in one of the, one of the best characters ever to be in a film. I think mm-hmm. Ripley. Um, the the practical effects in this movie are just unbelievable. Uh, I just I love this movie so much, it, and it still to this day scares the crap out of me. Uh, there are there are there are genuinely there's still like even though I've seen these moments so <coughs> hundreds of times. I still like just like, mm-hmm. oh God, sometimes I have to look away. It's crazy. 
Oh, the yeah. John Hurt uh, scene every single time. Yeah. I get, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the 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 other woman, I can't remember her the character's name, but her when she gets attacked in the in Oh, the, Veronica the Cartwright's character. Veronica Cartwright. Yeah, yeah, her character. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a really tough What was it? Lamb yeah. Lambo? Something like that. Yeah. That sounds right. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch this tonight. Happy birthday to me! Nice. <laughs> now that I'm talking about, it. no, I just love this movie. That's yeah. great. Yeah, talk about it, yeah. Yeah, I I love it. This is the Star Wars movie that came out in the 70s. Um, <laughs> it's it's the one that we should be talking about. Um, I oh, we'll get shunned and and confused looks at this, but I enjoy it more than Star Wars. I genuinely do. I think. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I think, think it's a better movie. I think it's in a it's a it's in a different league in terms. It's a different type of movie, obviously, but a different sure. league in terms of like realism and ju- this. I feel like I'm on the Nostromo every time that I watch this movie. Um, I, I feel like it, it. The technology holds up. I can see us mm-hmm. clonking around the galaxy. The state of like our rocket, our, our shuttle ship, shuttle. What do we call them? Shuttles? <laughs> blue collar shuttles. shuttles. Sure, whatever. spaceships. Whatever they've been scuttled as now. And the scuttlebutt <laughs> is... <laughs> scuttlebutt, scuttlebutt. This, this one has really done a number on me. Um, but, I, yeah, I love it. I love this movie. It is scary. One of the best creature designs um, Brian Johnson. Ever, 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 ever. Uh, yeah, love it. And I just I just love the, the, the blue-collar aspect to it, too. Like, these aren't, like, like yes. astronauts. Yeah, they're, they're, they're not, like, paycheck. superheroes. They're just people that need money. Like, they're just, yeah. you know, they're... They are the They're only ones that are justified money. in saying I didn't sign up for this shirt and yeah. I didn't. Yeah. I'm not getting paid enough because it's true. Yeah, exactly. Well, just, that aspect of it even makes it more intense yeah. sometimes. Not a lot like Ar- that. A lot like Armageddon in that way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly the same thing. Too bad yes. Armageddon. Didn't Alien. Come out. Too bad our birthday is a July Fourth. Armageddon. <laughs> yeah. Right there. Uh, I had Alien Armageddon's in- the one with the Criterion release, though. I will admit that. That's <laughs> it's kind of a funny. fair point. It's a fair point. Uh, Alien is my number three. Um, nice. Just spectacular suspense movie making. It's just. It's just really, really good. Um, really well done. And then he followed uh, this up with Blade Runner, right? That was his next, wasn't it? I think he might have been. That sounds Probably right. Was, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Ridley was a busy boy back then. I mean, he still is. It's He's true. like not slowing down. He's like the Alice Cooper of directors. Uh, <laughs> all right, I'm going to run through some honorable mentions. If uh, if I miss some of yours, uh, then oh, you no, can... I'm not saying any of mine. <laughs> I'm not mentioning another damn movie. I think all mine are ones you guys had in your. Uh, I wanted to mention Close, which came out last year. Um, uh, came out the same weekend as uh, Top Gun Maverick, um, oh. and it's uh, it's really good. And a lot of people haven't seen it, so uh, high recommend for that. Uh, I think we should mention From Russia with Love, um, mm. and uh, that was 1964. Um, the uh, Back to the Future Part Three, you know, great stuff. Yeah. So uh, worth mentioning. I think an honorable mention. Um. So yeah, and I, I like Solo more than most, so I'll throw that one out there as well. And I, like I went over the to ask the gurus on Sifpop what they thought, and their top three picks were Alien, Top Gun Maverick, and A New Hope. Sorry, Star Wars. <laughs> no, you can say whatever. I'm just saying I refuse to say it. Jonathan I'm not Rage to other quits the show. <laughs> he just I runs just, out I the just... door, and three seconds later, he bursts through mine like the Kool Aid guy. <laughs> just like. Say it like that movie name to my daughter. She's like, well, which one? Like, there's only one. <laughs> it's like Highlander. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, all right, let's move on to our buried treasure. Uh, Ian and Jonathan, you're our guest, so you will go last. Uh, kick us off, Andrew. What do you want to let people know about uh, well, that they may not have heard about? Last week, uh, we were kind of rushing out whenever we were talking about our uh, buried treasures and stuff. Yes. But you mentioned that you you saw a movie called Sisu that you figured that I would think that is the greatest movie love. ever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I ha- I wanted to say that I'd already seen Sisu. And, oh, okay. Uh, uh, and was I, I right? It's Okay. Oh, okay. Well, then I was I wrong. I thought you would love it more I, than that. I, the, the gratuitous violence got old really, really quick for me. I, I but see that. that first 20 minutes is like some of the best cinematography I'd seen in a very long time from like an I art see, house yeah. movie. That's what I really liked about yeah. it. I just, I love the look of it. Just, I just, and I, yeah. just that character, just. I just kept yeah. getting back up. There was something yeah. about yeah. that. It's very graphic. It is but that's not graphic. my buried treasure. My yeah. buried treasure is the Guy Ritchie's The Covenant. Mmm. Mm. Yes. Heard good stuff about this. But Wait, I, did you not cover this on the show? I don't think we did. Oh. No. I thoroughly, good. thoroughly enjoyed this movie. I thought it was very good. I love Dar Salim's uh, performance, is great. Uh, he was the heart and soul of this entire movie, and he just pushed, like, the determination to not only be heard, but to do what's right that's going through his head. And how. I didn't know what this movie was going to be about. And then once I kind of understood what I thought the movie was going to be about, it shifted because where I thought the movie was going to go ended it's halfway through, yeah. ended halfway through and it became a, a different way. movie. And I'm like, Oh snap. Uh, absolutely loved it. I think it's just, it's a, it's a brilliant film. It's one of my favorites of the year so far. Mm-hmm. I got to see, see that. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I also want to talk about one of my favorite films of the year so far, um, a little film called The Artifice Girl. Um, <clears throat> this is available on VOD from a brand new writer-director named Franklin Rich. Um, and this is a movie <clears throat> about the oncoming uh, AI uh, deluge uh, and the idea that um, artificial intelligence and artificial superintelligence specifically, uh, that there are a lot of ramifications to it that we have to think through. And I think this movie does a really good job of putting those big ideas into a real world scenario and actually using a very interesting narrative. It's a three act play. Um, and I think the two first two acts are the strongest. Uh, although I, I, I do actually like how the movie finishes. Um, but this, if like, if you want to know the recipe for a movie that just gets Aaron, this is the recipe <laughs> uh, where it has technology, uh, the idea of what will the future be like, the I, the idea that there's so many questions this movie leaves you with, like conundrums that you kind of like walk away going, um, you know, how do I feel about this? What do I think about this? Um, uh, I found this movie to be bold in some really interesting ways and really well done. And there's even, there's even some really neat little directorial flourishes uh, that he does in this that, um, that are subtle and I liked a lot. So uh, the artifice girl, which is available on VOD, uh, I think it's like five bucks. Um, uh, and I highly recommend uh, you paying that and checking it out. Cause it's and really good. He's in it. He's one of the main characters. It's true. He's, there's really he's incredible. There's really four main actors mm-hmm. and he is he is one of them and he's he gives a great performance for sure nice um so yeah the artifice girl is my buried treasure uh ian why don't you go next 
this is the best birthday present you could have given me because this is probably the only time where I'll be the guest and I'm not going last. <laughs> it's true. The guest always goes last, That's true. but I'm not. That's still not yeah. better than cupcakes. It's yeah. true, true. It's still not better than Kevin Klein. So I'm going to pick <laughs> Kevin a- Klein cupcakes. <laughs> Happy birthday to me. I'm going to pick an app actually called um, Mighty Doom. Um, this is so much fun. And they, unlike certain other companies that will remain nameless, EA, um, they aren't doing like a pay to win glass ceiling must give me money in order to progress through the game. So it's a top down platform type game where you just go through levels it auto fires um your main weapon and then you can choose two special weapons that have a cooldown that you fire and you just if you've played the doom games before it's that you're blowing up bad guys clearing a level getting to the next level clearing the level getting to a next level but it's just really really fun it's a really crisp interface beautiful graphics incredible soundtrack this is like one of my favorite things about the doom games was the the heavy guitar Mm -hmm. behind it this has that in spades like you just sit in the menus and you are just like pumped and ready to go with some incredible disgusting guitar riffs um when the the doom music kicks in yeah it's so good (laughs) and the 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 customizable nature of some of the bits is a little bit limited. Like there's not much to do when you start upgrading things, but the level of difficulty kind of gets nice and hard as well. But in a way where I don't feel like it's trying to trick me out of the game and into like buying some upgrades just into, I have to get better at this and I have to use better tactics to progress through the game. Um, it does have a monthly season pass thing where you can upgrade and get extra watsits, but um, I it, it's seven dollars and I paid that because it's fun and otherwise it's free to play. Um, it just it's if you like the Doom games and you like this type of game, then um, yeah, I, I would recommend downloading it for free, people. It's free and it's fun. It's amazing the free entertainment we have at our fingertips. It, I was stunned by it. Like you could happily play this and not buy the season pass. It's it's great. Uh, British, when you said bits, I assumed you meant testicles, and then you said, "and it gets harder." So that I just I was <laughs> laughing in my head. Yeah, this game will not give you an erection. If it does, please seek therapy. Consult a physician after four yes. hours. Yes, uh, <laughs> your own mighty doom. Um, Jonathan, what is your buried treasure? Well, I wanted to talk about my favorite Kevin Klein movie. It's called Stop and My Mom Will Shoot. Um, no, um, I want to talk about a TV show that is going to be airing its last episodes on, I believe, June 2nd, which is a week from when we are recording. That show is called Manifest. Uh, this is a show I watched. So this was a show that was originally on a network. I do oh, not yeah. remember which one. Maybe ABC, maybe NBC. I think for two or three seasons. I think just the final season is on Netflix. So it got canceled. Netflix picked it up and gave them 20 episodes to end their series. They they showed the first 10 of those about a month and a half or two months ago, and then they're showing the last 10 starting on June 2nd. I assume they're dumping them all at once. They usually do. But uh, this, so I watched like when this was originally on, I watched maybe the first like five or six episodes, and then for whatever reason just fell off. Uh, my wife kept watching it though and just kept telling me, you got to get back to this. You got to get back to this. And so I finally did when, when, cause that, cause that, I was thinking about it, but then it got canceled. And I'm like, well, it's not going to have an ending, but then Netflix picked it up. So I went in and watched them all. <clears throat> this is a really good show. Um, it's, 
it's definitely got that kind of quality of like a like a lost it still feels like one of those shows that was kind of chasing what lost had but like so many years later mm-hmm. uh if you don't know what it's about it's these it's this flight that goes through some turbulence and then lands and this is all like in the first 10 minutes of the of the series i mean i'm not spoiling yeah. anything lands uh they think they've only been gone like they think they've been like on a three-hour flight when they land they find out they've been missing for five years i think it's five and um and so it starts off basically about just kind of trying to figure out what's going on but also just all the changes and stuff that have happened with like their loved ones and their kids and you know all that kind of stuff but then it really like one thing i figured out especially about like maybe the second season you can tell that like they clearly had a plan uh, like this isn't like in that way, it's not like lost or <laughs> it doesn't feel like they're just making up stuff as they go. It's a really tight narrative, which I love. And, uh, I can't wait to see, uh, how they end it. Cause they, one of the best cliffhangers I've ever seen was at the end of the first 10 episodes. Uh, so I'm really, really excited about it. So if it's a show, cause it was on a network, maybe you never watched it and just didn't think anything about it. It's, I, it's definitely one I would urge you to pick up. And it's really not that many episodes cause even most of the network seasons, I think they only aired like 15 or 16, you know? So it's not, it's, it's not super time consuming. Uh, as, as it's not like a law and order or something like that, you know, but, uh, yeah, I recommend it manifest. It's good stuff. There you go. That's Manifest on Netflix. Uh, Mighty Doom is available in your app store. The Artifice Girl is on VOD. And Guy Ritchie's The Covenant also just landed on VOD, uh, if you want to check that out. Uh, Before we finish out today, I mentioned we have an announcement, did a tease, uh, that I have an announcement. And uh, I felt like this was something I owed you if you are a fan of the podcast, if you're someone who's listened for a while, or even if you're just tuning in for the first time. Um, This podcast has, in some form or another, been around over a decade, and uh, we have, as much as possible, brought you content every single weekend uh, to be able to uh, bring you stuff for those 10 years. Uh, I'm not saying we didn't miss a weekend, but usually we would even, we'd put up something small or, you know, whatever uh, those weekends. Um, I am entering into a season where I'm going to be doing a little bit more traveling. And I wanted to let you know, and just be honest with you, that that is no longer something we are going to make an extended effort to make happen. Um, There will be weeks where Sif Pop will go dark. um, And I wanted to let you know that ahead of time. One of those weeks will be next week. Um, So I wanted to let you know that. And I think it's going to work out just fine. I honestly think uh, many times because we review two movies a week, Oftentimes, we're pulling in things like White Men Can't Jump or the week before it was Hypnotic or whatever it might be that we don't necessarily need to review on this podcast. So when we come back two weeks from now, we'll be reviewing Spider-Verse. We'll definitely have you know some conversation on that. And we'll be reviewing Rise of the Beasts. Uh, so there will be two big movies for us to um, chat about on that weekend. But I wanted to give you a heads up, let you know uh, about that uh, for this coming season and uh, thank you for your support and your patience uh, as the show evolves and continues to, um, you know, uh, do different things. We're not going anywhere. They're just going to be uh, <laughs> some weeks. I would say multiple weeks a year, um, maybe even like one a month uh, where the, the show will go dark. So 
Um, and we'll do our best to let you know ahead of time, just so you're not, you know, confused when an episode doesn't show up, something like that, um, as it happens. Uh, aside from all of that, again, if I could express one thing, it's my uh, love and thanks and gratitude for even just caring what we have to say, uh, you know, once a month, let alone once a week. That's uh, kind of mind blowing. So thank you for for doing that and for continuing to listen to what goes on. Um, so, yeah, there you go. That's the announcement. And uh, we did it, guys. We managed to do a podcast. Woo-hoo! Uh, Ian managed to spin a fidget spinner, and it's been spinning this entire time. Uh, hasn't for, stopped. Once. Hasn't stopped once for an hour and a half. Yeah, it's amazing. And the fact that it's off camera has nothing to do with <laughs> the veracity of that fact. That's right. That's right. You just can't I pick just it up. Ian really liked white men can't jump for some yeah, reason. Really fun stuff. Yeah, fun stuff. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today for Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks for An- to Andrew for hanging out again today. Thank you, buddy. Big thanks to producer Phil for producing the audio and video show. Thanks, Eric. Uh, thank you to Jonathan for being here today. Jonathan, Ooh. anywhere you want to uh, send people online to check out your stuff? Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Sam Loomis 13. You can also find me on Letterboxd. I think you just have to uh, look up my name. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I know He's my Letterboxd uh, link is on is on my Twitter handle, so you can find it there as well. That's that's really about the only places I'm at. And then obviously check out Cinema Sins, TV Sins, uh, Commercial Sins every week if you can. Fun stuff. <clears throat> there you go. Uh, Ian, what about you? Where do you want to send people? Uh, Twitter. Um, which I'm not on very, very much. I'm actually more active on the Captain's Pod Twitter handle talking about Star Trek things. So come and hang out and talk Star Trek, which is at Captain's Pod CS and listen to Captain's Pod Podcast. And thank no, you as well. Just go to Twitter. You don't need to listen to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> great. <laughs> and thank you, Ian, as well, for uh, hanging out with us today. Really yeah. do appreciate Whatever. it. Whatever. Uh, also, thank you to our SIFPOM <laughs> members for uh, giving monthly to make the uh, show a real thing and the website for that matter. If you want to check it out, it's uh, $3 a month is where it starts and you can find all that info at patreon.com slash SIFPOP. Lots of ways to connect with the podcast. You can leave a comment, a rating, or a review at Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen. Or you can email us, feedback at siftpop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like the show too. So make sure you let them know about it and that listing is much easier than convincing me that those hoops were higher than nine feet off the ground. <laughs> uh, we will be back uh, two weeks, as mentioned, to uh, talk about Spider-Verse and Rise of the Beasts. And we'll see you then. Bye. 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 Bye.